0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. For being here this morning, for your presence, for your peace, for your grace, for a chance to share together, encourage one another, experience your love through one another, and and to share your love with one another. We pray, Father, that this morning, as we worship you, your Holy Spirit would come and touch the heart of each and every one here this morning. And Father, we pray that as we worship you, um, you would move us toward you, that we would be more like you when we leave than when we came. And We thank you for your word, and we ask that you'd speak to us through it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Judges chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 23. But before we begin, you may have noticed that our, scripture, our title this morning, uh, that what we're thinking about is neighbors. We've been talking about neighbors. And we're going to be talking about neighbors as builders. So to begin your thought process this morning, to get things moving and turning and so that you're actually thinking. Um, I know it's early, but we're going to work on it. Um, I want you to think about who is involved in building a house. If you want to build a house, what does it take? Who does it take? Um, and some of you have a lot of those things, and you can do them yourself. But I bet you every one of you who built a house had to have help somewhere at some point in the process. So think about those things as we read this morning's scripture. Our our scripture lesson is about a guy named Gideon. Now you have to remember that the people of Israel have been rebelling against God, and every time they rebel against God, he makes life difficult for them. Not because he doesn't like them, not because he wants life to be difficult for them, but because he wants to draw them back to himself. He wants them to see that they need him. Uh, When bad things happen in your life, it's not God standing up there laughing, saying, ha, 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 I want bad things to happen to you. His desire is for you to draw closer to Him. And in the midst of the struggles of life, that's His goal, that's His desire. And so the people have been uh, oppressed again by the Midianites, who have uh, once again caused chaos in in their lives, and has continually removed or stolen uh their crops and their their uh income and have uh, been raiding them over and over again. And so in the midst of that in verse 11 the angel of the lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to joas the Abiezrite there. How's that for a bunch of good names? Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep from the Midianites, to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." But sir, Gideon replied, "If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt?" But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. So, um, we have been working through as a a body here this uh, these last few weeks um, what what we have discerned as God's call for us as a group. What does God desire of us as a group? And so, uh, we recognize that we are called to what be neighbors make neighbors and build God's neighborhood very good so some of you are catching on that's good we are called to be neighbors make neighbors and build God's neighborhood and so the first week we talked about what it means to be a neighbor and we realized that that's to have a personal experience with Jesus Christ and to make him Lord and Savior of our lives and when we do that then we become what he's called us to be and what he's called us to be is to be neighbors And then last week, we talked about how, as neighbors, we want to make neighbors. And we make neighbors with other neighbors. In other words, with other people who have an experience with Jesus Christ. And in so doing, we encourage one another and we pray for one another and we make a difference in each other's lives. Because when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there are other followers and we go together and we encourage one another. And sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you follow someone, uh, you might miss an obstacle that's in front of you. And you might trip and fall. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. Um, But I I frequently, especially if I'm hunting, walking through the woods, and I'm looking for big, beautiful bucks. um, and, And I'll be walking along, and I'll miss that little tree that's fallen across the path. And because I'm not paying close enough attention, I'm looking for something else, I find myself tripping over the log. Now, I've done that many, many times. Um, I've done it to a point where all my arrows and my bow have all gone a different direction, and I've laid there flat out. and And one time I remember, I was so flat out I couldn't get up because I was in this brush, and I'm trying to get up. And thank God for a fellow hunter who came along and said, "Can I give you a hand?" I said, "Of course not. I can do this on my own." No, I said, yes, please. And they helped me up and they helped me pick up myself. And that's what being, making a neighbor is. Uh, helping each other, encouraging each other along the path. Uh, we need each other. We desperately need each other. So that's what being neighbors and making neighbors is all about. This morning, uh, so I suppose you know now, we want to talk about... Building God's neighborhood, right? Uh, What's that look like, to build God's neighborhood? And you'll notice that God's neighborhood is worldwide. Uh, One of the exciting things about being a follower of Jesus Christ is there are followers of Jesus Christ around the world. And there are people around the world trying to encourage others to become followers of Jesus Christ. Because when you follow Jesus Christ, He gives you the hope and the joy and the peace that makes life all that it can be. And even if your life is good right now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to consider, at least this morning, following Jesus, because you will discover that your life is so much richer by following Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you at some point to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, but let me just start out here. Do me a favor, just, just try it just try to live like Jesus would have you live for for a while and see what happens in your life see see test and see if that doesn't make your life what Christ what what it could be filled with that joy and that peace so this morning we're talking about building God's neighborhood what does that like for what is that like for builders okay what does it what is that like for builders now i have a question for you that i asked earlier and i want your input so what types of gifts or, or knowledge does it take to build a house? Plumbers. What? Plumbers. Plumbers. <laughs> yeah, Neil. Electricians. Yes, yes. Construction workers. Yeah. Laborers. Yeah, what else? Painters. What's that? Somebody good at math. Accountants are very important in the building process. Yeah, Glenn. What's that? Good family. Good family. Yeah, that's always helpful to have. That comes under laborers, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What? Lumbers. Well, you need the lumber. You need the materials, too. Yeah, but what gifts do you need? Roofers. Masons. Why is it everybody over here? Come on, guys. Yeah cooperation. Yeah, you've got to be able to cooperate. You have to work together. And and all those things are important when it comes to building a house. Now, few people have all of those gifts. Few people have all of those gifts. Most people, even people in this church who have built their own house, have called upon other people to help them at some point in the process maybe maybe it has to do with the air conditioning or the heating unit or how you want to put in your electrical or how you, all those specific gifts are important it takes them all and you probably don't have them all but all are very necessary and not only that all of those people who come help you are labeled builders they're all builders. No matter what their responsibility is, they are builders. And, and so this morning, when we start talking about building God's neighborhood, what I want you to see is that there are, it takes a whole lot of different people with a whole lot of different gifts. There are those who are filled with the gift of compassion. They're important in building God's neighborhood. There are those who are filled with the gift of love. That's important for building God's neighborhood. There are those with the gift of evangelism, the gift of hospitality. All those gifts are important when it comes to building God's neighborhood. Few have all of those gifts. But all who work for the kingdom become builders in the kingdom or in the neighborhood of God. So if you want to be a part of building God's neighborhood, you need to use your gifts... So that you can be a part of building that. You become a builder. Everybody, however, is a part of the building. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're already a part of building God's neighborhood. And the only thing that keeps you from doing that is you. You see, if the plumber comes to the house and looks at the house and says, This house needs plumbing. And then goes home. And says to their spouse, that house could use some plumbing. And the owner of the house calls the plumber and says, hey, my house could use some plumbing. And the plumber says, you know, I noticed that. They could really use some plumbing. And they talk about how the plumbing could all go in and where it could go and how much it would cost and how long it would take. And all those things would be great. But if they hung up and the plumber says to his spouse, yep, it needs plumbing. <laughs> he doesn't get paid for doing that, huh, can he? That, that's so true. Uh, but not only that, the plumbing doesn't get done, does it? You see, as we're a part of God's neighborhood, He gives us tools, He gives us abilities, and as we work together, we begin to build God's neighborhood. Now, you, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why did Tim wear that stuff? No, that's back there. Uh, you're, You're thinking, what does this have to do with a guy named Gideon? Well, Gideon is a builder in God's neighborhood. And he doesn't recognize, hadn't recognized it yet. And so we want to look at who Gideon is and see how Gideon can spur us on to help build God's neighborhood. Okay, you with me? Now, I want to say one more thing so we're very clear God's neighborhood, building God's neighborhood, is sharing our faith with others in our world. Sharing with them the great gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. Sharing with them what God is doing in our lives and how God wants to be involved in their lives. Sharing with them that they need not carry around a burden of guilt or a burden of fear Or a burden of anger. But they too, like us, could be set free. So that they could live a life filled with love, with joy, and with peace. And of course, in order to do that, you have to understand who you are as a builder. So let's look at that a minute. First of all, God comes to Gideon in the form of an angel and I love this because Gideon is threshing his wheat in a wine press now for those of you who don't know most of the time you threshed your wheat on a threshing floor it was uh, usually a um, stone floor and you would take your thresher and you would hit the wheat and then you would throw the wheat up and what happens is when you throw the wheat up the the chaff would blow away and the the seed or the kernel or the wheat would stay on the floor. When you were done, you would sweep up the wheat off the floor and you would have wheat. Now here's the problem. The Midianites would see someone threshing their wheat on the threshing floor. And of course, they were watching the threshing floor. And they would wait until you got it threshed and then they would come in and take all your wheat. And because they were stronger than the Israelites, the Israelites were losing all their wheat. This guy, Gideon, had a great idea. He decided to go in the wine press. And the wine press, of course, had walls around it that were usually around this high. And he got in the wine press and he began to thresh. And he had to throw it up higher so the wind could get the chaff. And it was harder work. But at least, for the most part, the Midians were not aware that he was threshing his wheat and he could keep his wheat. So he is basically hiding from the Midianites to thresh his wheat so that he can still have wheat. You with me? Don't fall asleep yet. Okay? Now, here's the interesting part. So here's this guy who's scared to death, hiding, afraid that the Midianites are going to show up, and God shows up instead. And God walks up to him, and he says, the Lord is with you. Mighty warrior. Now, every time I read this story, I have this image in my head that when God says mighty warrior, Gideon starts looking around to figure out who God is talking about. Because all the people in the story, in that situation, Gideon is the least likely to be a mighty warrior. And yet God sees in Gideon something that even Gideon doesn't see. He begins to see that Gideon is able to do something, that Gideon has some gifts, that Gideon has some abilities, and God wants to tap into those abilities to build God's king, God's neighborhood. And so Gideon begins to give all the reasons why he is not able to be a mighty warrior. And the first reason is because he doesn't have all the answers. As a matter of fact, he's really kind of upset. He wants to know why all these bad things are happening if God is for God's people. Did you ever have that question come to you? I hear that question all the time. When I worked at Mott Children's Hospital, it was one of the most difficult questions I faced. Teenage parents whose baby just died looked me in the eye and said, Chaplain, why did God do this to us? How do you answer that question? I at first was speechless. I, I had all kinds of answers that were great theological answers. And, and I could have pulled out the Bible and given them chapter and verse, but those parents, that, that's not really what their question was. So I looked at them and I said, you know, I don't always have all the answers. But I said, I know this. So I know that God loves you very much. And I also want you to know something else that God watched His son die and He knows what it's like to see a child die. And so His heart is broken with yours. Would you mind if I pray with you? Now that didn't take away the pain, didn't take away the hurt, but it reminded them that God was not against them, that God loved them very much, and that God wanted to be a part of their lives. As a matter of fact, that God's heart was broken with theirs. You see, Gideon, it looks like God has opposed you, but God has not opposed you. God has opposed the way the people of God have been living, but God is wanting to work in and through your life to make a difference in this world. You see, God has called you the mighty warrior. And he has, he has begun to see you in a new eye, with a new eye, and he wants you to see yourself with a new eye. You see, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you become a mighty warrior. I don't care what your gifts are, that's what he makes you. And he wants to use you in that place to begin to transform lives, not just here, but around the world. He has given you the power and the authority that a mighty warrior has to share with others the incredible gift of God's love. In that moment, when I felt weak, there was nothing I could do, I couldn't take away the pain of this couple, in that moment, God stepped in and gave me a word that shared with them that God loved them. That's exactly what they needed to hear. That's exactly what our world needs to hear. And by the way, sometimes the church is trying too hard trying too hard to convince people of all the why questions instead of getting to the heart of the matter. And perhaps the better question is why not? Because God loves our world desperately. Loves them so much that even when they were separated from Him because of the stupid choices we make, God came along and He said, Listen, I want to take that away. I want to have a relationship with you. And the scripture says that the only way he could have a relationship with us was if someone would die. Because you see, the wages of stupid choices, we call it sin, is death. Separation from God forever. I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking spiritual death. And God didn't want to lose that relationship with us. So he sent his son to die in our place so that we could be forgiven. That's how much He loves us. That's the incredible gift that God offers us. And if we accept that gift, He steps into our lives and He begins to transform us not into scared warriors but into mighty warriors. You see, a lot of times in our lives when we are called to share the grace of God, we, we step in and we're scared to death. We're timid. We're ill-prepared. We're, we're afraid. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. We get stuck in a situation where someone wants to engage us in a conversation about spiritual things. And what do we do now? And our first inclination frequently is to say, I don't know what to say And so sometimes we say, well, would you come to church with me? Because that's where all the answers are. (laughs) And that's not a bad thing. But maybe God is saying, stand up, mighty warrior. Share with them what I am doing in your life. And I want to say one more thing about that before we go on. uh, Because a lot of times when we share with someone about the great gift that God has given, we talk about how 30 years ago, Jesus came into my life. Or I'll I'll, I'll give you mine. When I was nine years old, Jesus spoke to me. My grandmother had died. I was upset. I was lost. I went to camp. And I'm sitting at camp, and I opened my Bible, and right there in the front, guess who gave me that Bible? My grandmother. And I looked at that, and I said, will I ever see my grandmother again? And then I was reminded of all the things she had taught me and the things I had learned in church. And I began to flip through that Bible and I began to read again at nine years old some of those things. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have, what is it? Eternal or everlasting life. And I said, Jesus, I want that. That. And he came into my life. And a couple weeks later, I was in church and the pastor said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, come forward. And I wanted to give my heart to Jesus, but I was scared to death. There were a lot of people there. And I hung on to the pew for all I was worth, but I was afraid the pew was going to come with me. (laughs) So I finally let go. And I went up and prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life. And that was an incredible moment. And for me, that's an incredible story. But I was nine years old. I'd rather tell you what Jesus did this last week. Because you see, this last week had some difficult times in it. And I got a phone call from someone who was really struggling, and I was really busy. and I, I wanted to say, "No, I'm too busy, I don't have time." But I knew that this person needed someone to talk to, and I began to talk to this person. And as we began to talk, this person began to open their, their lives to the spirit of the living God. And he came in and brought peace where there was turmoil, fear, anxiety. Because the power of the element. All- and we talked for 45 minutes. And I hung up and I said, Thank you, Jesus. Those were the most precious 45 minutes so far this week. You see, people don't need to hear what God did for you 20 years ago. That might be great, and it's great for you, but they want to know Is God still active in your life today? What is Jesus doing? in your life and as we begin to share those things as mighty warriors hearing the voice of God we begin to make a difference not just in our lives but around the world we begin to be builders of God's neighborhood so builders are mighty warriors builders are also those who are willing to do it I love this picture this kid trying to to pull the the uh, lug nuts off this truck wheel has no hope does he No hope. But I want you to know, that kid is giving it all he's got. He's willing to do it. He's willing to try. He's not going to give up. And sometimes when we look at him, we shake our head and say, why would you even do that? Well, there's something about this kid that realizes that in his life, there need not be limitations. And one of the greatest limitations we face is fear. And because we're afraid, we're not willing to step out in faith. And Gideon had all these limitations. Did you catch that? I'm the weakest. I'm the least. I'm the poorest. What can I do? Have you ever been there? What can I do? I have no way to make a difference in this situation. What can I do? And the awesome thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ is He calls you to step out in the midst of that situation in faith rather than holding on to those limitations. Step out. Try it. Do something. Don't just stand there. Do something. God has given you abilities. You begin to put them to work. So when you step into that situation and you're looking at, well, you know, this person has questions I can't answer. Maybe you're not supposed to answer those questions. Maybe what you're supposed to do is show them God's love in a way that you're able to show them God's love. Or maybe it's at that moment that you need to to be the one that's hospitable, that says to them, hey, I may not have the answers, but I want you to know I care about you. I saw you have a need. Can I help you with this need in the name of Jesus? I don't know if you caught the countdown timer... But one of the things I liked about that countdown timer was that uh, you know standing around talking was not good enough. They had to get involved. They had to do something. And it's a part of a Habitat program. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to be part of a Habitat program. It's a great program. Uh, and we do it here in Erie. We do it around. They do it around the country and around the world. And and we go and we help people build their house. And people come alongside. The people who own the house have to put so much time in in helping build the house. And as we build the house, at least as as my. Experience has been with Habitat, it's given us great opportunity to share with them how much God loves them. As a matter of fact, the house we built uh, down in Louisiana, um, we actually wrote scripture lessons uh, or scripture verses on the studs of the house. You remember that, Paulie? We actually went around, everybody came up with their favorite scripture, and we wrote them right there on the studs of the house. You say, well, what good is that? I mean, you're going to cover it up. Yeah, we did cover it up. But the the owner of the house saw those Scripture verses and knew that the people who believed in the Word of God had built that house. And you see, when you step out in faith, you begin to share with people that you really believe what you say you believe. One of the biggest criticisms against Christianity is that sometimes we have a lot of talk And not a whole lot of action. But Jesus calls us to use what we have and to step out in faith. Does that mean you might fall on your face? Yeah, you might. Is that a bad thing? No. You know what the best thing about falling on your face is? You can always say, yep, see, I blow it just like everybody else. That's why I need a Savior who loves me and forgives me. God is looking for those who are willing to work for Him. To build God's neighborhood. To share His love with the world. And all it takes from you is a willingness. It's all it takes is a willingness to step out in faith. So builders are willing to work. And lastly, uh, I know this is hard to read, uh, but Gideon is pretty upset uh, because he wants to make sure. He wants to make sure that God is going to go with him. And this is Pooh and Piglet. And, and Piglet says... Uh, i got to read it over here. Uh, Pig, Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yeah, Piglet. Nothing, said Piglet, looking, or taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. I just wanted to be sure of you. Do you hear Gideon saying the same thing in this passage? If this is you, then let me go and make a sacrifice so he goes and he gets the sacrifice and he comes back and he's looking for God to prove that God is God and I love it because God is going to prove that he is God he's going to give the reassurance to Gideon and by the way if you know the rest of Gideon's story and if you don't I encourage you to read it at home but if you know the rest of Gideon's story this is the story of Gideon's life he constantly needs to be reassured you ever feel that way I like to be reassured. And the best thing about this story is Gideon is actually seeing the angel of God at this point. He can see him. So he knows he's there. He knows he's there. He's not sure necessarily that it's God, but he knows he's there. So he goes and he gets the meat and he gets the bread. And when that angel touches that meat and that bread and the fire comes out of the stone, he says, yes, it's got to be God. But now he's afraid because the scripture says, if you see God face to face, you will surely die. And so now he's scared to death. Oh, no, Lord, he says. I- I've seen you face to face. And God says, listen very carefully. God says to him, now notice, God's not there in a physical form anymore. Did you catch that? But God speaks to him, Peace, Gideon. You're not going to die. It's going to be okay. Isn't that awesome? Now sometimes I see God at work in a very powerful way and I see Him visibly and when I see Him visibly and I, I don't mean that I necessarily see uh, God, God's self but I see God at work in another person in another human being and I, I, I can say yes, truly, this was God. But more precious are those times when I don't see Him but I hold on to His word And I see what He can do when He's a part of my life. You with me? Listen carefully. As builders of God's neighborhood, God comes, sends His Spirit to dwell within us. And even when we can't see Him, He speaks to us in His Word. That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word of God. It reminds us of his love. Now, some of you have fallen in love at some point in your life. And back in the day, I'm talking a long time ago, um, in the dark ages, when you fell in love with someone else and they lived in a different place that you lived, you would do this. I know this sounds weird to some of you, but you would take out a piece of paper And you would take a pen or a pencil and you would write down. And this is what you would write. You are so incredible. I miss you so much. You don't know how much I love you. I think of you every moment of the day. Love, 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 love. Hugs and kisses. Your most loved human being and then you'd you put uh, put cologne on it <laughs> and you put hearts all over it, put a stamp on it. A- and then you put it in it the envelope to address it put the stamp on it and you'd put it in a mailbox they call them mailboxes they still have them a- and and it would go to that other person a- and this is what f- would happen right the other person would open it up and they would read it and then about five minutes later They would read it again and then they'd read it again and they'd read it again and again and again and again and again. Why would they do that? It's the exact same. They knew what it said. They did that because they heard in that letter how much they were loved. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when you open the word of God, that's what you hear. God loves you so much. And if we read it over and over again, I don't know about you, but I read passages that I've read over and over and over again. And sometimes I don't pay as much attention as I should, but I read them because I know that I know that I know that I'm loved no matter what's going on in my life. And because of that, I can build God's neighborhood. Because there are times when I'm going to fall. And what I need to know is that there's a master plan And a master builder. And he loves me. And so he's giving me exactly what I need to do. He's put it right there in his word. This is what I need from you. I want you to know I love you. It's okay. Love somebody else. I want you to know that I forgive you. And it's okay. Forgive somebody else. I want you to know that you have another chance. To do it better. And I know you will. He says. Give someone else another chance. Give them the opportunity to do it better. And when we begin to live like that, he fills us with his peace because we know he's with us. You see, builders are those who trust in the master builder because they know his love. So I have a question for you. Are you a builder because you see, there, there are some people who are not busy building, they're busy tearing down. And God wants to say to you this morning that he is calling you to be a builder, not a destroyer. And as a builder, he has an opportunity for you to be a mighty warrior, to be something you never thought you could be. I always always laugh at Donna Shaw who went through the training. Uh, I shouldn't laugh at, laugh with Donna Shaw is what I mean. Who went through the training Billy Graham Association offered. And all of a sudden God sparked in her this ability to share her faith. And she shares her faith now over and over and over again. Tom Wright had a horrible thing happen in his life. His grandson died of an overdose. But right before that happened, two days before, he had an opportunity to talk to his grandson about Jesus, and they prayed, and his grandson asked Jesus into his life. It didn't beat the addiction, but it brought a gift into that young man's life. And oh, if he had only had more time to allow Jesus to take that addiction away. But God transformed him, and Tom has a story to tell. And he's willing to tell that story and because of that he's excited about telling people about the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord that isn't based on you it's based on Him. And all you have to do is accept it. doesn't mean your life will be perfect at that moment. He'll make your life better. The longer you walk with Him the better it becomes. But you, all you need to do to experience that gift of eternity is to accept that gift. They are mighty warriors. What about you? If you want to be a builder of the kingdom of God, if you want to be a builder of the neighborhood, you got to be willing to take what you have and step out and give it a chance. Just try it. Pick one person. Have one person in your mind. Who could I share God's love with this week? And maybe share with them who Jesus is to me. Just one person and take that chance. You may have a different gift than I have, but God will use you. Just one person. And then remember that the Lord never leaves us. Never forsakes us. He walks with us. Won't you be a builder of God's neighborhood with us? With Gideon. One last thing before we go. And that's the most important question this morning. Where do you stand with God? He loves you very much. He loves you so much that he was willing to make that sacrifice for you. But the question he asks is, what do you want with me? Will you have that relationship with me? You see, he's not going to push his way into your life. He's not going to force you to accept him. He won't do that. And the reason he won't do that is because in order for you to love him, you have to have a choice. So he gives you that choice. And he wants to know this morning, how are you going to decide? What are you going to do? And he's desperate for you to say yes to him. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for all the gifts you give us. And thank you for the body of believers here that have come together to to build your neighborhood. And Lord, we pray that you'd use each one of us this week to touch at least one other life with your love. Lord, uh, some of us are scared to death. (laughs) And we thank you that you come and you give us the courage to step out and, and to share. So this morning we share we, we say in our hearts that we will do what you call us to. And we just ask that you go with us. And thank you for the promise of your love and your grace and your power. And Lord, we ask that you'd speak into our ears that we might have peace and that we might share that with that other person. And Lord, we do want to lift up to you those this morning who haven't started that relationship with you yet. And we just pray that this morning they would be contemplating, thinking through all that was said. And that you would step into their lives, and we pray, Lord, that they would choose to follow you. That they would even make that choice this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name, Amen. I ask you to stand with me, if you would, and. Uh...